Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Is an Auburn Network production. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well. Another beautiful day, a little bit warmer than yesterday, but still just gorgeous fall weather here. Hope everybody doing well as uh, as as we approach another big week, you know, got off to a fast start yesterday. Lots of phone calls following Auburn's um, shellacking really at the hands of the LSU Tigers down in Baton Rouge last weekend. Auburn getting ready for another very potent offense. Uh, One of the things Hugh Freeze mentioned yesterday is Auburn has a stretch where it is playing the top three offenses in the SEC. Georgia is the number three offense in the league. LSU last week, number one. Ole Miss is number two. So uh, it will be another challenge for the Auburn defense. How How will Auburn try to address the challenge this week? One thing, we talked about this a little yesterday. But uh, one thing that, that they will surely hope to see being back at home is a little more fire. I mean, Auburn, uh, and, and maybe, it, maybe it was what uh, Coach Freeze was talking about yesterday, maybe after that such a quick score. I was talking to my, uh, to my son who went last week, and he said he was in line to get um, a water and a Sprite or something in, in line game hadn't kicked off by the time he sat down he came in he said he heard the crowd start roaring as he was placing the order by the time he got uh in and was headed to his seat LSU was scoring I mean because it was four plays 75 yards like a minute and a half and LSU had the lead and then of course Auburn three plays a penalty a bad snap Auburn punts LSU gets it. They score again. Auburn goes three and out. They had minus three yards total offense with a five-yard penalty. They had uh, gone backwards their first two possessions. LSU scores, makes it 17-0. And maybe, maybe that's that's where the team was just shell-shocked. But it did look, and, and Coach Freeze said yesterday, they looked like zombies on the sideline. And uh, that's, that's, you know, I think we mentioned that uh, J.G. Tate asked about his demeanor there on the sideline in the second half. And uh, I think Coach Freeze uh, is, is one that doesn't want to be flying off angry all the time. But, I mean, it was. It was, it was one of those, what is going on? And um, the, crowd, the crowd down in Baton Rouge just had a lot of fun with it. So, I mean, Auburn being back at home, that – you, you would hope that would at least solve part of that. The, you know, the, the, the I don't know the, the way to describe it, the fire. 
uh, that that the team plays with, but they're they're you know now fighting to avoid falling under 500, trying to get their first conference win of the year, uh, and and an, an Ole Miss team that has played better defensively this year than they have the last couple of years, uh, and still very good offensively as as evidenced by that win over LSU where they had 700 yards total offense and 50-plus points. Um, again, LSU scored 49 on them, but Auburn can tell you, yeah, they can score 40-something on a lot of teams. So how will Auburn approach this? Uh, I said the first thing needs to be, I mean, obviously flushing last week and, and getting ready, but what changes or will there be, <coughs> excuse me, any changes for this week? We'll talk about that. We'd love to hear from you. It's Tuesday. That means Andy Burcham will be joining us uh, here on the show. Now, he'll be checking in by phone. He had a meeting going on that would keep him from stopping by the studio today. Meanwhile, Dan is over observing practice. Today was, uh, you know, it's been very fortunate for the media. Every Tuesday, there has been a viewing window, and it's come, you know, in the 4 o'clock hour. Today's, as a matter of fact, Started right at 4 o'clock. So Dan will be checking in. He should be in the studio for hour number two. But he'll check in following the viewing window this afternoon, which is going on right now. And, of course, a couple of the things. Everybody's going to be looking once again to try to see who's healthy. Uh, we did not see Javarius Johnson this past week, even though it, it sounded like um, at least early in the week last week, I think the feeling was that VAR would be able to play. And, again, he is probably – or at least the last time we saw him, he was one of, if not the most competent pass route runner and surest hands on the team. Uh, But he hasn't been able to get on the field that much. And as a result, I believe he only has five receptions on the year. So uh, it would be great if they could get him back, but I just don't know. So one of the things that – the media will be looking for is, is, is he working uh, at full speed or anything near it? Um, is, you know, how, how does Jalen Simpson look? There were hints yesterday that uh, Keontae Scott could be getting closer. Austin Keys is getting closer, but he was pretty much ruled out for this week. Auburn needs as many folks as healthy as they can be to combat the Ole Miss defense, and then offensively, Auburn's Auburn's got they they've got to try some different things offensively. Uh, I I know the the overwhelming feeling among the fans that I've spoken to, and hey, I, I'll admit I'm I'm there too that it's time to have an extended look at Robbie Ashford. Uh, but there are a couple of things to keep in mind. I mean, Hugh Freeze and this coaching staff were out there this spring. Robbie didn't come out of the spring on top before Peyton Thorne was here. And then after Peyton Thorne arrived, I, I, I know a lot of people doubt this, but I think Robbie was given the opportunity to win the starting job and did not. And I, I know – an awful lot of people are sure they know more than, than the coaches do, and maybe, maybe some do. But 
these these coaches have not felt like Robbie was the guy that gave them the best chance to win. Now, have things changed? Perhaps they have, because things have not gone swimmingly at all lately, offensively, or all year offensively. I do, I wonder how much of it is Coach Freeze and Philip Montgomery trying to slow things down a little to avoid the defense being on the field all the time. He, he talked about that a little bit yesterday, saying, you know, he, he really misses the up-tempo, and he wouldn't be here if it weren't for up-tempo and the RPO, RPO. And how many times has he talked about not being able to or not, not having as many RPOs as he would like? And you wonder, well, well then why not? You're the head coach. Um, is it just something that, that they are trying to do their best to help the defense? He mentioned he didn't want to have Marcus Harris and other defenders out there for 80-plus snaps a game. And you can understand that. But I wonder if, if we will see one or the other. You feel like you've, you've got to see one or, or the other of a couple of options that we have not seen. One is, as I said, let's see Robbie Ashford for an extended period of time. Don't put him out there for part of a drive and then, then make the change. Let's just see. And if things go, things go great, then, then fine. Stick with it. Or do you do something that, um, that, that Hugh Freeze hinted at yesterday, and that's just saying, well, we've tried to help the defense We've got to score points and just do what they're more comfortable with. Run, you know, run up tempo, go up tempo with whoever the quarterback is, you know, because it, it really has seemed, if you, if you look at it, Peyton Thorne has been the best when it's been tempo. And, and, you know, so maybe, maybe that's one of the reasons that Peyton has struggled. Peyton, Slowing, having to slow things down. Uh, although, I mean, you, you wonder why that at times has kept the ball in his hands. But that could there are other there are other explanations that are possible for that. If the receivers aren't where they're supposed to be when he's expecting to throw the ball, and then he has to check and wait and see. I mean, I don't know, but it, it'll be very interesting to see. Does Auburn decide to out oh, of heck with it? We're going to go up tempo. Maybe you lose a game like like Hugh Freeze, I believe, uh, lost to Texas 66-31. Would you rather lose 66-31 or 48-18? I mean, or or 27 to 10. Um, I mean, but maybe it gives you a better chance. Maybe your defense can, uh, at you know, can try to play at that speed and and create a turnover or two more. Auburn has not been terrible at creating uh, some turnovers, but. Um, but yeah, just just a couple of things to think about. And and look, I was going to wait till Dan got on to uh, to have him bring this up, but it's just too good. I, I can't avoid it when I hear folks saying. And again, I'm I'm right there. I want to see more of what would Auburn do if Robbie Ashford is just given the reins. Let's let's see what it is, good or bad. Let's find out. I mean, if it's really good then a lot of folks will go, see, we told you. Coaches, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're dummies. You didn't realize what was going on. But Dan mentioned this morning something to me. He said he, he, he thought about this last night. 
because I heard uh, I heard somebody a little earlier today say, Robbie Ashford ran all over Alabama last year, and Auburn's offensive line's better. Why wouldn't he do that or better this year? Dan said he thought about this last night. What does Auburn not have that they had last year? They don't have Tank Bigsby. Does Auburn have that break? Does Auburn have a breakaway big time threat at running back right now? We haven't seen it. Maybe Jeremiah Cobb can Brian Batie be an every down running back? Maybe I don't know. We haven't seen that. But if Auburn doesn't have a threat, if the only running threat that Auburn has is the quarterback, it's going to be very difficult for that quarterback to run for a lot of yards. Who is Auburn's leading rusher this season? We, we mentioned it yesterday. Peyton Thorne is Auburn's leading rusher this year. But it's not because Peyton Thorne has been considered by the defenses to be the most serious running threat. If you, if you think about it, I mean, Auburn's Auburn, – yeah, isn't uh, Peyton's 61-yard run against Georgia Auburn's longest run this year? Um, Auburn has not gotten consistent performances from its running backs. So that may be a reason, too, that the coaches might be a little hesitant to just say, okay, we're going to run it unless they're just going to – it's going to be Peyton – I mean, it's going to be Robbie left, Robbie right, Robbie up the middle until Robbie's carried off the field. I, I just wonder. But, I mean, I do think that we've got to see something that is different from what Auburn has been trying to do because it seems uncomfortable. Hey, it's not just uncomfortable to the fans. Look at Hugh Freeze on the sidelines. He's not comfortable doing it. Look at, look at Peyton Thorne when he's been on the field. He doesn't look comfortable. And I've got to feel that some of it, at least, is due to them trying to do things that they're not either as familiar with or as comfortable with. We'll get to our first break of the afternoon. Right to the phones. Again, the hotlines brought to you by Sky Bar Cafe, 334-321-1390. Or you can text us on the Drive text box, which is presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And that number is 334-564-1840. We'll get to our first break. Come on in and join us here on the Tuesday Drive. At 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Drew here in the studio. Dan's over uh, with quite a few members of the media observing practice. They should be uh, done by the bottom of the hour, and then he'll be heading back this way. Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, will be joining me on the phone here in a little while. Ooh, he may have trouble. We've got a full bank of calls. We'll clear a line for him here momentarily. But let's get to the phone. Again, the the hotline, the Drive hotline, presented by Skybar Cafe, and Terry gets us started. Hey, Terry. Hey, Bill. Bill, I quit a long time ago. I quit trying to figure out the reasoning for saying this because I'm just not smart enough to do it, but – for whatever reason, some guys are just better in games than in practice. And is that would that be a factor? Because I think it would be. It could you be. Never know. At it this could point, be. what do you have to lose? You're three and three. Well, that's what I was. I mean, you've got you've got to try something different. Uh, like I said, either either speed it up and let's see what happens there, or 
let Robbie have you just don't pull don't pull quarter either quarterback. I don't like pulling either quarterback mid drive. No, I've never liked that at all. I just think you know, for whatever reason, certain guys just are. They're just gamers. I, we call them gamers. They just perform better. I can remember calling you uh, in the spring training and you Cam Newton didn't look that good. Oh, that's right. <laughs> but, boy, was I wrong. So, who knows? If Robbie, at this point, the biggest question is, what do you have to lose? Nothing. You have nothing to lose. You're under man. We all know that. We all know when these take place. But you got to quit using that excuse. We know Gus Malzahn took a very lackadaisical attitude. Brian Orson took a lackadaisical attitude toward everything. I do so, not feel Hugh Freeze has a lackadaisical attitude. Now, the other thing all. you got to remember is, is he has mentioned multiple times that Robbie Ashford is the best athlete he's ever had at quarterback. That well, tell, But that, that seems what he is not saying tells me a lot. Reading between the lines also tells me, but I don't feel comfortable with him running the offense. But at this point, your offense isn't doing anything anyway. I mean, you have – uh, th- this is statistically the worst offense Hugh Freeze has ever been has has ever coached as a head coach, and it is one of the worst offenses that Auburn has had, you know, over the last uh, ten or eleven years. And it's an offense that played the worst defense in the SEC and couldn't do nothing. Yeah, now we'll see. Well, L- LSU's got LSU has got a lot of talent. Oh, we got talent. I mean, we'll see. I mean, they- they'll have a lot more. Ch- they'll have a lot more difficult challenges. But since that Ole Miss game, I wonder if maybe maybe that was sort of a wake-up call for them or if they've changed some things. Remember, they hired, they brought in Pete Jenkins right after that, so that has right. to help with their defensive front. Um, we'll see. LSU's going to get tested more defensively, but they should never be as bad as they have been the first few games this year. No, because there's nowhere to go with that. But the, the, statistically, they're only 13th or 14th in every category. Yeah. Appreciate it, Bill. Take care. Have a good day. Yeah, you too, Terry. Thanks for the call. Uh, let's move on. Shane is up next. Hey, Shane. Hey, hey how you doing, sir? Pretty good. Hey, um, that was I, I called into the other show earlier. Was talking about um, Robbie Ashford running running over the uh, Alabama la- that last year, and you were completely right that we don't have a uh, a tank Bisbee. But do you, you know that he only had sixty yards of that game? Yeah, I know. But and Alabama was George, keying. George pr- Alabama was keying primarily on tank and guys like that. I just, I just concern. Now again, let's see, I mean, put them out there and let's, let's see what happens. I just, I just worry that if Robbie is really the only running threat you have, that's that, that could be dangerous. Well, and, and the, well, the, the real, the real reason we're having issues with the running game is because they're stacking the box because they, everybody knows we can't throw the ball. So, so it doesn't matter if we have tank biz, big speed. Well, we can we can't do anything about it because there's there's so many there's too many, too much up front and, and it's just it, it, well there's going to be more I there's going to be at least as much up front if Robbie's the quarterback they're going to absolutely dare right. Auburn to to try to do something. Sure, but but at this point you got I mean like why why not I mean if we lose we lose but you got to try something different than what we've been doing because this is not working. Oh, you're right. You're absolutely no. They can't keep doing the same thing trying to. Slow it down and and uh, just playing keep away isn't working because they're not able to get first downs. They can't sustain. Right, and, and everybody knew this wasn't going to be a, a world beater team, but we need we need we need some more effort than what I'm seeing. You know, it's 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 they look confused or, or something. I'm not sure what's going on, but uh, I think this team is better than what we're playing, and 
I, I think that what we, we're going to get back home this weekend, and and if we get some different personnel in there, I think I think we're going to see a little bit of a of a difference the second half of the year. That's my opinion. Where you go, man? Thank you. Appreciate it. good good hearing from you, Shane. Three three four. 321-1390. We're going to catch up with Andy Bertram here momentarily, but first we'll talk with Bill. Hey, Bill. Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, I was I was there Saturday night. I was, you know, I was kind of I was disappointed as everybody was. I thought with a week off we'd look a little better. Look, oh yeah, like that was better. that was probably the like biggest like disappointment to me. Looked like to me, unless you had the week off instead of us. They looked. But, you're right. They looked so fresh. And you know we got to try something different. Everybody, I'm saying the thing everybody else does. It's you know we said we don't have any lose and uh, we're not scoring any points and we can't stay any drives and we but they got nothing personal. Just got to throw somebody out there different and see if we can uh, get something going. Um, your son, you said your son was at the game. Yeah. Did he notice uh, the the LSU people? But no, I, granted, I talked to everybody there, but I would. They were unusually friendly this trip, and then no issues. And everybody was cordial. I was just wondering if he knows the same thing I did. I don't know. I, did, I haven't had a chance to talk to him, but for a, just a few minutes uh, today, and we talked a little bit about the ball game. But uh, now the last time, the, the, the last time I went, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. I, I don't know. I mean, it maybe just depends on what side of the stadium or what tailgate you're around. Well, I was uh, at both, uh, you know, around everything, and we had several LSU people ask us how we've been treated, and, and you know, it was, it was like it's a real effort to to um, make the experience a little enjoyable. Well, that was nice. We had that a is good time. Good. I just wish the game had gone better. God, I'll, wait, I'll, no let kid. You, I'll let you get to Andy. Enjoy the show, Bill. Appreciate it. Good hearing from you, Bill. Uh, three, three, four. We will get back to your calls in just a little while, but right now we're going to head to the. Uh, to the drive hotline presented by the Sky Bar Cafe. Welcome in the voice of the Tigers, and that's Andy Bertram. Andy, how you doing today? I'm well, Bill. How about you? Beautiful weather. Get ready for a Saturday night at Jordan Hare. Yeah, it's, it's about time. Saturday night conference game. It's been a while. It has, and uh, I think folks are gearing up for it, too. It looks like the weather's going to be fall football weather. Uh, hopefully, it will remain dry and uh, should be a should be a fun Fun night at Jordan Hare on Saturday. Yeah, look, looking forward to it. You're right. The weather, it's, it's perfect weather for uh, for football on Saturday night. Boy, uh, quite the challenge, though, another high-powered offense coming in. Well, it's a really good offense. It's a balanced offense with Jackson Dart, whose numbers are comparable to Jaden Daniels. Probably not quite the runner that Daniels is, but still got 302 yards and four touchdowns rushing this season I think this Ole Miss offense has a better true running game with Quinchon Judkins mm-hmm. and Ulysses Bentley the fourth I think I think they're a better just you know pound it although I, I thought that LSU's Diggs getting better with good. Logan yeah, Diggs I agree yeah I agree uh the one thing that you just look at the numbers I think this Ole Miss defense as a whole is better than LSU and, I mean, the, the one thing, that the, the stat that just jumps off the page to Meadville is the fact that, that Ole Miss has 22 sacks this season. And that is concerning to me, considering the pressure that, that Auburn has, has given up, uh, especially in its games on the road. So those are a couple of things I look at. I mean, I, this is a, a really high-powered offense. And talking with a couple of the Auburn players – 
that were made available to us today, uh, Calvert Falk and Nehemiah Pritchett, and both both guys talked about, you know, in trying to – I asked them to compare the two offenses, and both of them said – the first thing they both said was, Ole Miss is quicker. They're more yeah, high tempo. They are. Than, than, than LSU, which, wow. I mean, LSU was, was a hand, was a lot to handle last week. But as we know, Lane Kiffin runs the RPO, runs a high-powered offense, a quick offense. And don't forget, he loves going forward on fourth down. Mm-hmm. He, they are 12 of 16 on fourth down this season. Yeah, I mean, if you thought, right, if you thought last week was quick, I mean, last week had a good pace, LSU did. Ole Miss is so much quicker. They're going to want to rush. I noticed a couple of times last week, Auburn at least had time to look to the sidelines. Uh, You you can't do that with the Ole Miss offense. And Dart, they run that RPO. LSU doesn't really run the RPO. I mean, uh, Jaden Daniels is just – he, he, he is a, a ridiculously gifted athlete, but they don't put it in the belly, pull it out, throw it right, right then kind of thing that Dart will do that. And when you've got those kinds of running back, the kind of running backs that Ole Miss does, that is what's so dangerous. So, well, so yeah, quite you know, a challenge. Talking about how quickly they run it. They're number two in the SEC behind Tennessee. They run a play every 22.3 seconds. Only Tennessee is quicker at 21.6. So you better be ready. Mm-hmm. You better be sound, even if you're unable to get guys on and off the field because Ole Miss is going to be right back to the line of scrimmage getting ready to run another play. Yeah, now the the question, I was, I was talking about this a little while ago, is, you know, how healthy are the Auburn guys? I mean, um, we, we uh, you know, We've been waiting and, and hoping that the the open date, the off week, would sort of heal a few guys up. But, you know, Auburn's still not at full strength anywhere near it. And uh, they're, they're going to need as many healthy bodies as they can come Saturday night. Well, you hope that Jalen Simpson is more healthy than right. he was last week. He played for Auburn. It doesn't sound, unless something has happened in practice this week or will by the end of the week, that they're going to get a Keontae Scott back. I don't think they'll have Damari Alston back on offense. So I think from a health perspective, you hope that guys that played last week are as healthy or healthier, more healthy than they were last week. But as far as getting guys back, unless something changes this week, I don't, I don't see a, a, an Austin Keys or a Keontae Scott from a defensive standpoint back. Hopefully, hopefully Javarius Johnson is back to give you a little, another weapon from an offensive standpoint. Yeah, I mentioned him a little while ago. I mean, yeah. he, you know, he is one of if not the uh the most proven route runner and um surest hands yeah. on the team and that's something that's something Auburn really really needs. No question. I mean, listen, the the, the wide receiving core for Auburn, I mean, other than Jay Fair, who has been the most consistent of Auburn's wide receivers, mm-hmm. but you know, in, in addition to Jay, it's kind of been a hit or miss. We saw a little bit more of Camden Brown last week. That was good. We saw a little bit more of Caleb Burton III right. last week, and that was good. Uh, and we need to continue to see those guys. But it would help to have a guy like Nick Mardner take a step forward. It gives you that very good size. Shane Hooks, again, take a step forward for the Tigers and give Auburn that, that big target. And so – 
you know what? It, it kind of is what it is. I mean, it was interesting listening to, to Hugh Freeze yesterday, Bill, and you were there as well. Mm-hmm. They're, they're really in a conundrum, I think, offensively in what to do at this point. They, I don't think they feel that they can truly run their offense at the tempo they want right now um, because it's, it just hasn't been successful. And if, if they are three and out quickly, then they're putting their defense back on the field a time again and again and again. So, you know, what do you do? Do you, do you play a little bit of a hybrid, maybe not the right word, but you know, you understand what I'm saying. Do you, do you play an offense that you really don't want to play right now, but feel you have to, to, to help your defense at this point? That's what I was just saying to one of the callers a few minutes ago. I mean, I feel watching this and listening to Hugh Freeze that this is not something he's comfortable doing. Boy, he he wants to run. He wants to run up-tempo. He wants to go, go, go. He wants and, to run his offense. Well, and the thing is, though, I, I look at it, and it seems that Peyton lately has been more comfortable when it's like, well, we got to go. I mean, Peyton Thorne seems more comfortable in that. And and that's what I was what I was wondering is, you know, when it's not working, doing this thing that you're really not comfortable with, and I don't know that the the some of the players are as comfortable with this, do you just either scrap it and go, all right, let's go for it? And I mentioned Hugh Freeze, I believe, in his first year at Ole Miss, lost to Texas, 66-31. Maybe, maybe you go out there and try to score 30 and, and hope you pull up a few turnovers, or do you say, all right, well, we're just going to, Forget trying. We're going to forget trying to throw the ball much, and and let's see. Let's see what Robbie can do for an extended period of time. It's it's got to be getting close to the point where you go, hey, it's not working this way. Maybe maybe we'll uh, we'll see how things go if we either speed it up or just say, uh, caddy, let's uh, let let's let's uh, uh, get your thoughts on trying to do what you did down the stretch last year. I thought one of the the bright spots for Auburn. And there weren't many coming out of last week. I like the way Jeremiah Cobb ran the football oh, yes. in, in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he gave Auburn a bit of a spark. I continue to like Brian Petit in the ball game yep. as well. I, I don't know if we have seen a healthy Jarquez Hunter yet, completely healthy at this point. So yeah, listen, I'm, I'm not in those, I'm not in those meetings as, as they talk about this offense. It, it's not the offense. I, I do think this. It's not the offense that Hugh Freeze wants to run. No, I thought it was great. I thought it was great when JG asked him at the end, "When you get your players, yeah, is that what you want?" And he just lit up and, "Oh yes, sure, that's what he wants to do." Uh, without question, I'm just not sure that they're ready to do that yet. Oh, I, I hear you, Andy Bertram, <laughs> with me here on the Tuesday edition of the Drive. Need to get to our bottom of the hour break a little late. Uh, if you've got a question or comment, what you can do, you can text us on the drive text box, and we will uh, we will pass that along to Andy as well. We'll be right back. Stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive. Get back to the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. 
Or you can text us on the drive text box, which is brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And that number is 334-564-1840. We've got Andy on the phone, so we're we're uh, not taking calls right now, but you can text us. And Andy, we have we have a text from yep. Mitch down in Florida. Drew's, he, Drew's going to read it. He wants to know what you do with the boards you use in the press box after the game is over. And then he said that he had a thought that maybe if you don't reuse them, that you could auction them off for charity, especially after a big Auburn victory. That's a good idea, Mitch. Um, and I appreciate that. I, I do reuse them. Uh, I, they're, it's their foam boards that I get made before the season starts. And then I just tape, one game over the other. So I've got all the boards for this season underneath, and I haven't put the old Miss boards on yet. Uh, and I think I've got most of the seasons I've got. I've even got a couple of Rod's boards uh, before he passed away as well. You know, um, I, I think that is a really good idea for Mitch. Yeah. What, you, what you might do is, uh, you know, yeah, after, after a big one or something, uh, you, you might you might have a, a copy or two that you could autograph, or the network well, could, could yeah. autograph, and or something I, like I, that. I keep all of them on great. my computer, so that would be yeah. easy to to print them off. And that's a good idea, Mitch. I appreciate that. Yeah, never Thank thought you. never thought of anything anything like that. That is that is a good <laughs> idea, uh, Andy. Before before we talk a little more uh, Auburn football, I, I I did want to get your thoughts. I know you're a big baseball baseball guy, boy. The uh, again home teams. I uh, have wow. struggled. Did, it wasn't a struggle for the Phils last night. No. But, I mean, you're looking. The Rangers have got an – we've got a travel day all the way from Houston to Dallas for that uh, – for the ALCS, but the Rangers up 2 nothing over the Astros. Here's one thing that, that at least for this season, and I'm not going to say that it's always this way because it isn't. You know, what you did during the regular season, other than play well enough to be in the postseason – doesn't seem to matter a whole lot when you start the postseason. I mean, the, the Rangers struggled down the stretch. Oh, and everyone was time. talking about how this team had blown the opportunity to win their division, and they're in a lot of trouble, and here they are up to none and heading home. Yeah, with well, Max Scherzer most likely to take yeah, them out. Exactly. And then the home field advantage has just been, other than the Phillies, and listen, I, I do think this. I think the Phillies – are built for the postseason. And they've got the guys that have been there before, and they've got the pitching that they need right now. Um, You know, they're just – they're a good postseason team. And, uh, yeah, it's it's been a bit bizarre to watch how very little home field advantage, but the teams that played so well in the regular season, the Braves and the Dodgers in the National League, certainly – you know, being eliminated in the first rounds of the uh, of the they're 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 after their their bye weekend. So it's been a little bit bizarre, but I don't think we can at all be. Con- I, I think we can be surprised by the Rangers. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can be surprised by the Phillies because we've seen it before. No, you're you're absolutely right, and and now Major League Baseball is sort of following along with the way it is in a lot of other sports, where the goal is get to the playoffs and it doesn't matter, uh, you know, I mean, get to the postseason and, and be hot at the right time. That's what you want. You want to get hot down the stretch or right there at the end. And I don't think it will ever end that you want that home field advantage because there've been too many years in the past where that made all the difference in the world. 
It just hasn't that that has not been the case this year. No, no kidding. Um, all right, let's uh, uh, return and and uh, some thoughts on on Auburn last week. I mean, it was it, it was rough watching uh, last week. I I was contemplating going, didn't get a chance to go. Um, older son did, and we had a little conversation earlier today about that. But uh, it it was probably the most surprising thing to me was that Auburn did not appear to be the team that appeared more rested after the open after the open week. LSU, yeah, I, I know they got they got the juice from being at home at Tiger Stadium at night, but uh, maybe it was the the shell shock of what happened there in the first four or five minutes of the ball game. Yeah, I can't explain why that's the case either, Bill. Nothing that none of that makes sense because that was an LSU team that had not had an off week yet. No, still haven't. And yeah, and and Auburn had had the off week. And now listen, I, I mean Auburn is getting thinner. I mean, losing Mosiah Nasili Kite for the rest of the year that may have been bigger than anybody realized. Well, uh, he's such a good run stopper, and now you don't have him for the rest of the year. Now you're relying on a true freshman now. Is he going to be a really good player? I think Keldrick Fox is going to be a fabulous player for mm-hmm. Auburn. I agree. But but he's getting his feet wet in the Southeastern Conference in the best division in the Southeastern Conference, at least for, for one more year before the divisions go away. Talk yeah. to him today. He doesn't seem like it's too too big a moment for him, and I, I think that we will see him continue to get better as this season goes along, even against this competition. But – Two things surprised me. Auburn's inability to run the football well mm-hmm. in the LSU game. And the fact that, you know, the second half, LSU had the ball four times and scored four touchdowns. You know, there were a couple times that Auburn, you know, the, the interception that Auburn had in the first half, and they got a couple stops and had some chances. But, boy, LSU just turned it on in the second half, and Auburn just didn't have an answer from a defensive standpoint. And that's the first time all year we can say that that Auburn just did not have an answer from a defensive standpoint against that offense. And what concerns me is you're getting another version of that offense this Saturday. Granted, it's a night game and it's at Jordan-Hare, and I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere at Jordan-Hare on Saturday night. And then you get that to a certain degree next week with Mississippi State if that offense is going. That To me, that's a state defense, and I'm looking ahead two weeks, but looking at three-week chunks here, you know, that's an offense that if it gets into gear, you're in trouble in Mississippi State. And Auburn hasn't been able to stop that offense in a while. No, not for the last couple of years. You're, you're absolutely so, right. So uh, you, just, you just have to hope. We have seen so many examples nationwide this year in college football of how different teams can look from one week to the next. And a yeah. lot of it depends on where they're playing. Look at Notre Dame and Louisville the last couple of weeks. I mean, both of those, it's like, oh, Notre Dame's been exposed and they're no good, and then they just absolutely trounced USC, who has no defense at all. But Louisville, after that big win, I mean, comfortable win over Notre Dame, gets gets it handed to them by Pitt, a team with one win coming in. So you just don't know. Again, these are 18- to 22-year-olds. You don't know who wasn't feeling well or what's going on. But it's a lot tougher on the road, and Auburn's playing at home, and and you, you hope that that they've got all that that energy and the crowd, you know, really really helps them. And and uh, you know, Ole Miss has been up and down too. They're they're number thirteen in the country. They just have that one loss to Alabama, but 
they haven't been great on the road either. Yeah. Nor has Auburn, quite frankly. I mean, you know, you, you, you get a win at Cal. How good is Cal? But Auburn hasn't played particularly well oh, no. on those, those two games at A&M and LSU at this point. Now, at home, it's a different story. And I'm praying that, that that's one of the big reasons that this Auburn team goes in and has some confidence. This, uh, this, I, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. But I think all the indications, a night game, which, which Auburn hasn't had in the SEC, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be cool. It's a sellout. Um, there's a lot of I, – I think, I think it's going to be a terrific atmosphere come Saturday night in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Is, I'm looking forward to it. Do we, do, we have a, do we have another team being honored, another team being honored Nin- this week? Yeah, the 93 team will be okay. honored this week. Which is fun. I, I'm I'm glad that this team is getting its due because you know that's the probation team uh, through no fault of its own that, that was paying the price for the Eric Ramsey stuff. Didn't get to play on TV that year. Mm-hmm. Terry Bowden's first year, an undefeated team that you know had no chance to play for an SEC championship or for a national championship. But boy, that was that was a fun fun year. Uh, to be around that program, and I'm looking forward to seeing some of those guys uh, come back to the Plains this weekend. Yeah, I can't wait. There are quite a few of them that uh, I hope are able to make it back. That, Me too. that would, that Me would too. be great. Uh, Andy Burcham, uh, Andy, can you stick around yes, till the top? absolutely. Bill. All right, good you deal. Bet. We'll get to our final break of hour number one. Andy with us for one more segment. Stick around here on the Tuesday Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, final segment of hour number one, final segment also with the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham, here on The Drive with uh, Bill Dan will be in. He should be in for hour number two after a viewing window for the media, which started at 4 o'clock. So we'll uh, get his thoughts on what he saw at practice. Andy, I was mentioning a little while ago uh, a guy that, that um, you mentioned, Keontae Scott, uh, Coach Freeze, saying, you know, Austin Keys is getting closer. Boy, you know, he wishes he could play against his former team in Ole Miss. No question about that. But, you know, one, and yes, to, without question. I have been pleased with the way the two guys that are getting a bulk of the time, though, at the linebacker spots Agreed. Have, have stepped up. I mean, Eugene Asante, another 12-tackle game mm-hmm. at LSU. And we're starting to see Larry Nixon third starting to, to make, become more of a factor consistently, maybe not to the numbers that he had at North Texas, which were phenomenal. I mean, he had 269 tackles in his career at, at North Texas, but I think we're starting to see him become more of a factor for Auburn at that linebacker spot, but you've got to have depth there. I mean, Leslie Steiner and Cam Ryler are the two guys that are backed up right now, the backups right now. And I think Wesley's kind of starting to step up a little bit, but you do need an Austin key. And who has, I mean, we haven't seen anything out of Austin Keys no. because he's been injured had almost the, the entire the hand injury all year. Point. Yeah. That thumb. I mean, I think it was after game one that he required the surgery. Right. So, We've seen very, very little of what Austin Gies can do in this defense right now. And this this is a big game for linebackers. Linebackers, very important here in this RPO game with the threat that uh, Ole Miss has with uh, Judkins and company. 
Well, Judkins, you know, had one of the – well, he had the second-best freshman rushing year since Herschel Walker right. last year. And I know it, <laughs> it, it, I know it, it galls Auburn fans because of a guy, he's just from down the road. Right, at Pike, Pike Road. Road. Right. Yeah. But, but he, is, he is a load at 5'11", 210, and he had over – you know, he's got 2,010 yards in a season and a half mm-hmm. and 22 touchdowns in a season and a half of college football. And he got off to a slow start this year, but he's picked it up. Hey, there are a couple of other, just thinking about it, there are a couple of other familiar faces on that Ole Miss team, too. You look over on defense, and there's J.J. Pegues yeah. and Ladarius Tennyson. Yeah, look, J.J. is a starter at defensive end and um, has two and a half sacks so far this season, um, ten and a half tackles and five sacks in his career. Of course, made that switch from tight end or – uh, the, the tight end spot to that defensive end spot. Mm-hmm. And then Ladarius Tennyson, you know, is, is right now listed as a backup at nickel, but we'll see. He plays him. a lot. Yeah. We'll see him in this game on Saturday. So that's two familiar faces that, uh, that, that Auburn will see on the other sideline and uh, in the white jerseys or red jerseys. I don't know what they're going to be wearing this week. Yeah, so- I know Auburn, Auburn will play the blue. Uh, yeah, that is, that is great. Well, looking looking forward to it again. Uh, should be a great atmosphere, great weather for it. Um, yes. Andy, uh, l- before you go, uh, let everybody know, uh, you know, what, what's on tap as far as Tiger Talk and the uh, pregame. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, Thursday night we're going to be back at uh, Baumhauer's Victory Grill. Always enjoy our time there on Tiger Talk, 6 o'clock. Head coach Shoe Freeze joins us. Um, Jessica Braswell, Auburn's new job equestrian coach, will join mm-hmm. us along with Alex McPherson and Zion Puckett are the two Auburn players that are scheduled to join us. We're going to talk with uh, several of the Auburn players from that 93 team on Saturday. Uh, we'll also talk with Dean Calvin Johnson with VetMed. Corey Sperlin, Auburn's band director, marching band director, will be stopping by as well. We will be full up. This Saturday, uh, starting at 3 o'clock with the Tiger Tailgate Show. That's great. Looking forward to it. And that, of course, you can hear on Wings 94.3. Andy, thanks a lot. Uh, Have a great rest of the week and a great broadcast. My pleasure, Bill. Take care. Y'all have a great day. War Eagle. All right. Andy Burcham joining us as he does every Tuesday afternoon. We need to get to our top of the hour break. Dan should be in for hour number two. Love for you to join in as well here on the Tuesday Drive. The sports capital of Alabama. This is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Tuesday Drive. Still Bill and Drew here in the studio. Dan should be joining in shortly. He was at a viewing window that the media had. And I'll I'll give you a couple of notes from uh, folks that were there. Uh, Let me me go ahead. First of all, Stultz, Brian Stultz of AuburnSports.com says uh, they, they saw about 15, 20 minutes of practice. All right, I mentioned, we've mentioned Keontae Scott a couple of times. Apparently, Keontae Scott looked like full go at practice today. That is a that, that would be a huge addition for Auburn to get Keontae Scott back. Uh, he was one of the the leaders 
man, a, and a guy that looked like a surefire pro back there at safety earlier this year. If they can, they can get Keontae Scott back, Jalen Simpson closer to, to 100%, boy, that really helps the back end of Auburn. Um, Ryan also says that Austin Keys was on the field. Now, I didn't say that he was going through all the practice. We'll check with Dan on that. Um, so that's, that's really interesting. Um, uh, Stoltz, he's saying quarterbacks were working on rolling out and passing, said uh, Robbie struggled a little bit with his accuracy on short throws and that the receivers were a little off during their viewing time. Well, that's, that's not – neither one of those is really news, I don't guess. All right, uh, hour number two of the drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. Our thanks to Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, joining me in hour number one. Again, Dan should be in here in just a little while. We'd love for you to join in, and you can call us on the Drive Hotline presented by the Sky Bar Cafe, that number, 334-321-1390, or you can text us on the Drive text box, which is brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, and that number, 334-564-1840. Let's get to the Drive Hotline. And Spectre gets us started. Hey, Spectre. Good afternoon. Uh, listen, uh, listen uh, I was listening to Coach earlier, and um, he brought up one of the reasons why he wasn't using the RPO up-tempo offense. He was concerned about the defense right. being trying to on keep the field. trying to keep them from being on the field uh, as much. Well, that's the best question. I thought we were pretty good at, in our depth on defense. They Auburn started the season better in depth, but I mean you lost a starting safety in Keontae Scott, who hopefully is back. Starting linebacker in Austin Keys, who you know had thumb surgery and and is trying to get back, and then Mazia uh, Mazia Kite, Auburn's best run stopper on on uh, on the defensive front. So you've lost somebody at every level there. That's that's really hurt the the depth that Auburn had there defensively. Three guys. Yeah, but when it's okay. when it's when it's your your best safety, your best linebacker, and your best run stopper, that's not just three guys. That's three really important. Well, I mean, guys. you don't have you have nobody that's consistent behind them. Well, behind behind them, you've got uh, uh, Keldrick Falk, who's a true freshman, and right now is Good. is better in pass uh, rush than he is at stopping the run. Uh, we've seen Larry Nixon step up, and he's played better the last few weeks. Um, with Keontae out, that's uh, sort of pushed, moved some guys around a little bit. They played okay. I mean, LSU is a dynamite offense, and they, and look, they torched Auburn, but they've torched a lot of teams. But I mean, that's that's making the depth thinner. And so, what you're trying to do, what they're trying to do, is since they've lost a little bit of the depth, try to you know see if they can limit the players from having to play you know, 50, 60 snaps as opposed to 70 or 80 snaps. Yeah. Well, if they're looking for a spark, I think with this, they tried just about everything so far. Um, hell, I wouldn't be shy to put Cadillac back in charge of the offense. I mentioned that when we were talking, when I was talking with Andy, I said, you know, maybe uh, get with him and see, and, and see if they can get some ideas as to what worked down the stretch last year. Now, 
Uh, one thing I did mention in the first hour that, uh, that, that Dan brought up to me earlier today is one thing Auburn doesn't have that they had last year when Robbie was uh, running the offense, they don't have a Tank Bixby. They, they haven't had a running back that really, I think, puts fear in, into other defenses. Yeah. The reason I brought, brought Cadillac up is that um, he also, the coach also mentioned the guys look like zombies on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Cadillac, I mean, you didn't see that when he was interim coach. I mean, that, that sideline was towel-waving and everything. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't know that Auburn was – I didn't get to see the pregame so I don't, uh, since I wasn't there. But, uh, but I'm telling you, being on the road in front of 90,000 folks and have the other team score in four plays and then you have a near turnover and punt – Sometimes that can that can really affect youngsters and and their attitude toward the game. But but yeah, I would I would definitely encourage, and I'm sure that Coach Freeze would would love to get energy. You know, and the word that's become the popular most popular word it seems like this year, juice. Well, you know, back with the well, team. Yeah, that's right. Cadillac's assistant head coach. I I, I would uh, encourage him to do something about that. Makes sense to me. Yep. Okay, Bill. I'm waiting for um, a man, Dan. Yeah, back. yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, he's here uh, pretty soon. I, w- I want to get. I want to get the, uh, uh, you know, the, the report from somebody who had eyes on practice over there today. Appreciate yes. the call, Specter. Okay. All right. 334-321-1390. Love for you to join in. Anything on your mind, sports wise? Um, you know, we talked in in hour number one, and I said it, and uh, we'll, we'll get your thoughts. I mean, what. I really feel like Hugh Freeze is uncomfortable with what Auburn's been doing, and and hey, it it hasn't exactly been, you know, um, working great offensively. That is, uh, you know, he, he sort of lamented not being able to or not running up tempo, running the RPO, and and Specter's exactly right. He talked about the reason that they're not doing that is trying to help the defense out, um, and and it's funny we talked with Philip Montgomery about that back in the spring when he was hired, had the opportunity to talk with him. And he said, look, uh, he understands after being a head coach, you know, when you're, an, when you're a coordinator, maybe you don't worry about that. You don't worry about the other side. You don't worry about the defensive coordinator or, or what's going on over there. It's your job to score as many points as you can. Well, it's, it's still, you know, incumbent to score, score as many points as you can. But you don't want to be foolish about it. You don't want to take chances and not have, you know, your defense able even to catch, even able to catch a breath before they have to go back out there. But, uh, but yeah, maybe maybe you rethink that now after the offense is struggling as much as Auburn's is. You look in Southeastern Conference statistics, and there's the Auburn offense down at the bottom uh, in just about everything. I mean, Auburn is averaging 190 yards a game rushing which I think is third or fourth in the league. But, uh, but again, like I mentioned a while ago, Auburn's leading rusher on the season is Peyton Thorne. And that's not because they've called his number to run the ball. Uh, it's because they really haven't had a back able to consistently, you know, just be able to break other defenses. I do agree with Andy. I mean, I really like what we've seen from Jeremiah Cobb. And, and Jeremiah on the season is averaging six and a half yards a carry. Uh, he is one of five players 
on Auburn's team that's rushed for 150 yards. Damari Alston would be over that if he'd been healthy. He had 131 before he went down a couple of games ago and doesn't look like he's ready yet. But, um, but to have, you know, Peyton being your leading rusher, I think tells you an awful lot about the situation that Auburn's been in offensively this year. Um, now, another thing I wanted to mention, Andy mentioned Corey Sperlin being on the pregame for uh, uh, being on with the network. Well, Corey's contacted us, and he's going to be on the drive tomorrow. They've got something pretty special on tap for Saturday night. They are um, they are videoing their show Saturday night, and it's going to be submitted to Metallica. It is a Metallica-themed show. Metallica is, is uh, taking videos from college bands presumably to use that, you know, either in a future video or in a show. I'm not really sure exactly what. But the band that wins the contest is going to get $75,000 of equipment. So, I mean, there is a – From Metallica? From Metallica. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, from Metallica. And, um, Corey, again, Corey will be with us tomorrow at about 5.05. And – He's, he wants, and we, we'll, we're, I'm going to mention this now, we'll get him to talk about this. They want the fans to stay in their seats and be active participants in the halftime show. They're going to be turning out most of the stadium lights and lighting up the band and want fans to sing along like they're at a rock concert, especially when they play Inner Sandman. So they want the crowd really involved. So brush up on the lyrics to Enter yes. Sandman. I imagine they're going to use that footage from all kinds of different college football I, places. I, I am imagining that is the case. Too. But that should be cool on uh, Saturday night. That's Dan, by the way. Oh, hi, everybody. Yeah, uh, Spectre was just uh, saying he's, he was waiting for you to get Metallica, here. Metallica uh, launched a marching band competition in April. Uh-huh. Uh, the For Whom the Bell Tolls marching band competition. You can learn more about it on a YouTube video. And... Uh, uh, it's uh, uh yeah they they've partnered with sponsors overall they're going to be giving people I think over one hundred and fifty thousand but that's that's different the guy I guess you can finish in second place seventy five thousand is yeah. going to the division one yeah. winner division yeah division two and three winner are going to get forty thousand apiece high school bands are vying for fifteen thousand dollars man that's worth great of musical equipment and uh, and there's uh, going to be a fan vote it's also a good way well. to get your music played at a lot of a lot of ball games. Yeah, isn't it? they can submit until November sixteenth, and a winner is going to be announced on December first. MetallicaMarchingBand.com. How you learn more? So that'll be cool, and we'll we'll find out uh, what Auburn's got planned there yeah. from, uh, from Corey tomorrow. That is that is right. Uh, we've got a minute or two for uh, our next break. Let's get to let's get to another call. It's now Bill and Dan here in the studio with Drew at the controls, and John is up next. Hey, John. Hey, John. Hey, good afternoon. Uh, this argument about the uh, Slowing down the uh, offense so that the defense can rest. That goes back to uh, Gusville's uh, Gene Chiswick when uh, Gus wanted to run it wide opening, and then Gene wanted to throttle it down to save the defense. Mm-hmm. But uh, it doesn't do any good to uh, save time on the clock when uh, you can't make a first down and you wind up punting the ball right back to the opposition, and then they score another touchdown on you. So I, I say, uh, yeah, it may, it may, it may. Yeah, you, you may be able to run a, another minute off the clock, but that's all it's saving. It's, all, it's also a tough thing to do. I'm not, I've never been a coach, so so maybe I'm you know maybe I'm full of it here. 
I would think that Maybe. being up-tempo is a tougher thing to do when you have depth issues because it's taxing on your team and you're going to run more plays. You're going to encourage the other team to run more plays. And, and that's, that's going to, you know, it's going to rack up the number of plays that your defenders have and, and not just your first team, but your second team too. I, I don't know the merits versus the, you know, the downside to operating at tempo, but for Auburn right now with the way they're struggling to string first downs together, you know, it feels like a, a problem you'd love to have because you know, right right now, I think the issue is drive, drives are ending too quickly and, and without without any first downs to show. Yes, sir. What's the uh, – I mentioned this earlier in the uh, year when everybody transferred in. What's the uh, the probability or likability that uh, you've got a whole new offensive line, a new quarterback, new skill players that never played together at all and what, they don't have any chemistry as, as of yet? Is that is that possible? I think that's definitely possible. I mean, um, you, you'd hope you you hope you build it quickly. Uh, the the best scenario would be that they're able to go through spring. They're all able to go through spring together. But that you know that wasn't the case. And there there are a lot of schools dealing with having new faces and and players who weren't on the team last year at key spots. Maybe Auburn more than just about anyone in the conference is dealing with the sheer number of new players from last year. And yeah, I think that's part of it. But unfortunately you don't have time to build chemistry in college football because you know, it, it, you know, we're halfway done with, yeah. with this season. So that's something, you know, I, I wonder if that's something coaches will have to keep in mind when they go to reshuffle the deck in the transfer portal or figure out uh, how many new faces they need to bring in because it's gotta be a, it, it's, it's gotta be a consideration. All right. I appreciate y'all's time. Have a good afternoon. Appreciate the call, John. We will get to our first break. When we come back, we'll get Dan's thoughts hey, everybody. on practice today. So stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive. This 1067 online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday afternoon, 520, with Bill and Dan. And yeah, Dan was over at the media viewing window. Dan, what what'd you see? What you know, what was interesting? Be- beautiful day, really, uh, and and uh, gl- glad as always. Uh, appreciative that Auburn uh, willing to give a viewing window to the media in the season. Oh yeah, they have they, all, all and they long. have all year long. It's been great. Uh, felt like okay. So uh, some of the stuff that's out there already. Uh, Keontae Scott was a participant in practice today. He that came, is huge. Came up yesterday at the press conference, right? Mm-hmm. So there's there's a thought that maybe I mean yeah. He said Keontae's getting closer yesterday. It sounds like he's very close. Yeah, so, I mean, he was he was a uh, he, he was a participant in practice on uh, yeah out out there not a not wearing a special jersey. Uh, it seemed like he was still out there, you know, doing doing what he could. Uh, Javarius was after not playing on Saturday. Javarius was out there. Uh, got good. The, uh, that is good too. Got the arm wrapped up. So I, I wonder if uh, you know if, if if it's upper body, uh, elbow, or forearm or something uh, that's been uh, bothering him on top of uh, the other stuff, including the, the stitches in the mouth uh, during uh, during fall camp. Uh, but yeah, Javarius looked uh, looked quick. Uh, was uh, was was doing uh, was 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 out there running routes with. I mean, it's hard to hard to tell like who's in the picture and who isn't with uh, with receivers because they try to to balance a lot of those guys. W- one thing. Oh, Austin Keys. 
Austin yeah. Keys was out there. Uh, I mean, Andy and I were just talking about him. I was saying, man, you know he would love to be out there against his former team. And I think he's going to, uh, you know, I think they're going to see when. Did he have a big, did he have yeah, a club? Yeah, had, 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 something, had something on the wrist. Um, Keldrick still. Yeah, it's his thumb, remember? Keldrick still has something on the hand. Uh, as, uh, as as well, maybe that's just a you know a big a big pad or mm-hmm. something that he, that he chooses to wear. But but that's uh, yeah, I think that would be a nice boost for Auburn's linebacking core. Austin Keys was a first teamer for much of the offseason after transferring in from Ole Miss. Got hurt in the opener against UMass. Uh, would be uh, would, would be nice to get Austin back uh, defensively. On the offensive side, I don't uh, you know I, I don't. I don't want to read too much into this, but it seemed like Robbie was more involved with uh, first-team stuff than – I mean, it seemed like there were times when uh, they were splitting and it was it was Robbie and Peyton going, and then you'd have two other quarterbacks going. Uh, but it was often – not, not that they've – yeah, again, not, I don't want to draw conclusions about what, what this could mean for Saturday, uh, but it did seem like Robbie was more involved, which, I don't know, may, maybe – um, I just hope whoever uh, is the quarterback that they can finish drives. Yeah, I, I wonder if that's out of preparation for if Peyton Thorne doesn't improve, they will go to Robbie earlier and want him to be ready to run the offense. Or um, that's the case. That's the way it's been for for. I mean, yeah, I don't maybe, know. We don't know been, what yeah. happened during the open. Exactly. Week. So maybe they've been working with Robbie, and and that's uh, that's that's not an unusual thing. But I, I don't want to get people thinking that a quarterback change is imminent or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, it did seem like Robbie was very much involved uh, with, the, uh, uh, with the offense on, uh, on Tuesday. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and Peyton Thorne, I mean, he's still, the, uh, st- still, still first up whenever the quarterbacks work. Uh, but, yeah, it did, did seem like there was a more of a split uh, than, than there had been uh, recently. Hmm. Yeah, well, uh, that, that's what everybody's looking for. I mean, just wondering about for, for this weekend. And uh, – you know, so hopefully Austin Austin's back. I mentioned with Andy. Hey, there there's some familiar faces over there on the on the Ole Miss team too, because you got JJ Pegues and Ladarius Tennyson. Maybe not. Maybe on not their defense. Maybe not familiar to this coaching staff because no, they left Auburn these fans. Guys, but Auburn fans remember JJ Pegues and Ladarius Tennyson. Absolutely, they do. So I, I would wonder, um, do, do you think that Auburn could? I mean, do you do you think that going from playing teams like a&M and Georgia and LSU to playing Ole Miss at home. Some of the stuff Auburn tried against LSU or Georgia could have more success against, oh, yes. against, oh, against yes. Ole Miss. I mean, especially through the air. The, like that. The, the one that people would say, well, if it didn't work last week against LSU, why would it work? Because LSU statistically right. is bad. LSU talent-wise is not bad. LSU has some – ridiculous talent on defense that maybe they're starting to understand what they need to be doing. But Texas A&M and Georgia, that's two of the better defenses you're going to face all year long. I know Ole Miss has played pretty good defense this year, but they've, they've also had, they've had a game or two where they struggled. I mean, Auburn's not the only team that, uh, uh, that has given up a lot of points to LSU. Ole Miss gave up 49 to them. Yeah, I, I still wonder. I mean, there, there's the question of what Auburn could do differently to try to get more out of Peyton Thorne, and there's the question of – I think they need – I think yeah. I think for Peyton they need to, to speed it up. I think they need to go up tempo for Peyton. I think – I said – here's what I said in the first hour, um, that 
things haven't been going well offensively. I mean, that's an understatement. And I don't know how long you can continue trying to keep doing the same things you've been doing. Granted, you're not going to play as good defenses the next few games. But if you want to make a change, it seemed like it would either be speed it up, and that would probably favor Peyton, or just say we're going to try to run it the way we did last year down the stretch, and that means Robbie. Look, I, I think that if you are of the opinion, based on six games, that this team would be better off with, with Robbie Ashford on the field despite his, you know, whatever limitations he may have versus the offense we've seen with Peyton Thorne. That's, that's entirely fair. Um, you know, I, I sort of have my – I wonder, you know, I, was, I was saying to you off the air, like how many plays are they truly empowering Robbie to run? Um, what will it look like if they tried that? And something else, I don't know if this has come up. But I did mention this, and I gave you credit. Yeah. What, what I had not really thought about this, but it can't be a minor. Well, that, yeah, I mean, that, that I think people look to what Auburn did down the stretch last year and forget what a, a huge role Tank Bigsby played in Auburn's running attack being as dangerous as it was down yeah. the stretch last year. And the call's like, well, just do what you did last year, and it'll work. It's like, imagine how – I think that Peyton Thorne's job would have been easier these first six games if, if, if Tank Bigsby you know, was Shane on the team. Shane called in and said, but Tank only had 60 yards against Alabama. But I still think Tank was the key, was the focus sure. for Alabama. And, Al- and Alabama, was, Alabama wasn't a, a banner performance for the Cadillac offense last year either. People look at other games last season, like uh, uh, Ole Miss and State and A&M. As, as games, and those were games where Tank Bigsby was a huge part of what Auburn was doing mm-hmm. on the ground. So I think that also, that matters uh, some. And if people feel empowered to call for Robbie Ashford over Peyton Thorne, and they're entitled to do so, I think it's fair to at least kick around. Um, maybe maybe uh, uh, Jeremiah Cobb and or Brian Battee should be taking over. As I, I agree. I agree completely. I love what we've seen from, from uh, Jeremiah Cobb, and I want to see more of Brian Battee. I mean, I, I wonder if, if both of them have made a more compelling argument thus far for playing time than Jarquez Hunter has. I think they have. All right, let's get to K-Bag before we get to our bottom of the hour because Jake Crane will be joining us in a few minutes. Hey, man, go hey, ahead. Hey, K-Bag. Hey, thanks. I appreciate it, fellas. I, I, I don't really want to talk about the LSU game, I, I want to talk about the fact that we send four guys with a, with a C on their chest, a captain out to the middle of the field for the coin toss. And I don't think we've got a captain on the team. That was the most miserable experience I've had in Baton Rouge, and I've been there five times, and that was the first time I saw the third quarter start. But there is no moxie on the sideline from anybody I, that, that that wears a helmet and puts on shoulder pads. In my opinion, we got a leadership issue, and I don't know if that is salvageable this year yet. And that's why I'm going to leave it. See, so I'm going to break. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate it, K. Back. And part of that may be that may be what happens when you bring in half your when you turn over half your roster, and a lot of them didn't even know each other. You know, before practice started, and, and you can talk a big game before the, the before the game starts. But I mean, the leaders are going to be the guys that are achieving the most on the field. Like that's, I mean, inevitably, yeah, it's, tough, like, it's tough to lead from the sidelines. Yeah, I mean, you can I mean, and, coaches can, but I mean, as far as, as players, yeah, players. I mean, it's, it's the it's the it's the best players on the team mm-hmm. that 
invariably end up. You know, we, we were talking. We were. Talk- you were talking about this in baseball yeah. earlier today, and, and not that not that there's you know any evidence of poor work habits or anything, but you know the the best players on the team need to be. They need yes. They need to show. They need to be examples for the younger players or the guys that aren't playing. When when people talk about winning culture, you know, what <laughs> I heard, a, I I saw a San Diego Union Tribune writer talking about the Padres season, which which didn't they brought in a bunch of star players this year. San Diego mm-hmm. did didn't go as planned. Uh, they underachieved, and he was saying that that one one definition that kept coming up when he would talk to people from all walks of life who had succeeded in baseball, they would say, winning culture is when the best players on the team are also the hardest workers and they're demonstrating to everybody else what is accepted and what is tolerated in word and deed. And that, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to diagnose leadership issues in the Auburn, but that's, I feel like that's something across sports, oh, across, I agree. across mm-hmm. levels of sports. And, and um, yeah, I, I, don't, I mean, I think the, the bigger issue with Auburn would be who are the best players. And then, you know, what kind of example can they set? But right now, Auburn's still trying to identify who its best players are. Great stuff. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Jake Crane joins us on the other side. Stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive. BNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final half hour here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan with Drew at the controls. Let's head to the drive hotline presented by Skybar Cafe. And welcome in Jake Crane of Crane and Company. Hey, Jake, how are you doing today? Man, I'm I'm doing great. Got football on tonight. Seems like football's on every day. So yeah, it I'm a is. happy camper. Yeah, we're we're doing the uh, we're doing the stretch right of forty something consecutive days right now with a uh, with a college or mm-hmm. NFL game on yeah. television every night. So we are in the uh, we are in the thick of it. Uh, do you do you want to start, Bill? Do you want to start with Auburn? Do you want to look around the uh, look look around the country with Jake? Uh, let's go. Let's go ahead and jump in and, and get it over with. Let's, All right. Auburn, let's rip that, rip that Band-Aid off. <laughs> Auburn, Auburn, LSU, Jake, what'd you think? Well, it's, you know, like we talked about last week, I mean, this, this was not a good matchup for Auburn. No. I mean, you know, the, the, nobody, I don't think there's a good matchup out there for LSU's offense right now. I think there's a good case to be made. They had the number one offense in the country. Uh, but you did think Auburn was going to be able to move the ball a little bit more against an LSU defense that, that's been really deficient. Uh, it's always tough to win in Baton Rouge. Uh, but we know, you know, that the talent that LSU has, you can't start the way that Auburn started, uh, get down 17 to nothing like that. You know, I, I do think we're, you know, you're to the point in the season where you're halfway through, you got a pretty good idea of, of who guys are, right? And, and when it comes down to the quarterback position, especially going on the road, I, I just, I don't know how Peyton Thorne can, can continue to, I know it may be different this weekend at, at home and, uh, they're both going to play, and Peyton Thorne tends to do better at home. But I, I just don't – I mean, well, why not go with Robbie Ashford right now? Well, that, that was going to be my question. Let, let's start with Thorne. Um, it, do, do you have reason to believe that the stuff Auburn tried with Thorne against A&M and Georgia and LSU could work at home with, with, an L, with, with Ole Miss? With as, a lesser the, defense with, out there? With, with Ole Miss as the opponent. Well, yeah, I mean, you you know, you look at the way Auburn played Georgia at home. You play in Jordan-Hare, it, it just does something. Um, you know, and Ole Miss's defense isn't fantastic. Uh, I, I think Auburn's ability to run the ball 
uh, you know, still still to this to this moment in time, uh, is good enough to be able to open some things up in the pass game. But I mean, at this point, at this point, even at home against Georgia, and Peyton Thorne puts some balls in some good spots. I mean, what do you just start playing one quarterback at home and one on the road? Like it's 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 it's, it's that's impossible to do. I just wonder, you know, Robbie did give you a spark last week. It's not like there's. It's not like you're going to go from throwing for 300 yards to throwing for 120 yards. I mean, you can't even throw for 120 yards right now. Which it's multi multifaceted. It's not just on one person. But at least Robbie gives you a chance to hit that explosive play, right? It seems like Auburn can't buy an explosive play in a big game. The the outside receiver production, and I know some of that. It starts with the quarterback. Well, that's an oxymoron. But but I mean, you look and and Jake. Yeah. I mean, Jay Fair's got 21 catches to lead all players for Auburn. Fairweather's next with 16. They're the only two players six games into the season who were at double digits in catches. Uh, yeah. Shane, Shane Hooks has eight. Batie has six. Alston has five. Var has five. Jarquez Hunter has four. Like I, these are these are not outside receivers. I mean, Shane Hooks is is one yeah. with, with eight. Yeah. Jair Shorter has one catch. And how many targets? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Shorter has one catch yeah. this year. So I think I think well, some I mean, of the, it, yeah. you know. You you might as well be playing with nine. I don't I don't know you know what light switch is going to come on. Maybe for some young guys, you know. I'm just I'm there's no outside wide receiver production. Like you said, it's all in the it's all coming from running backs and and slot receivers and and tight ends. I mean, you know, at some point you just say forget it and go heavy personnel and and basically run some version of the triple option with with some passes built into it uh, out of ten and eleven personnel. I, I mean, I just don't know what sort of jump. You're gonna get. Maybe they will figure it out. I hope they do. But at this point, you know, you're you're a one trick pony, and and I don't think there's a a huge development that's gonna take place on the outside. Because listen, it's blocking too. The blocking on the outside by the wide receivers hasn't been good. One way to get the passing game going is by throwing now screens and bubble screens and getting the ball out there and getting guys involved. But from a playmaking ability on the outside and just a pure blocking ability, Auburn just doesn't have, just apparently doesn't have the dudes right now, and it's. Again, we talked about this a million times. This is the worst team, and, and I don't say worst to, to say they're just a bunch of bad players, but overall, this will be the least talented team that Hugh Freeze will have, and, and sometimes you got to try and, and make lemonade out of lemons, man. I mean, at this point, it's you kind of are who you are. At least until his last team. It'll, it'll be it'll be. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. For, for a while, well, listen, you would again, think. Listen, again, what do you mean? I think Hugh's going to be here for 30 years. Hey, one of the things I was talking about uh, a little while ago, Jake, is, I mean, yeah, you, you look at what Auburn's been trying to do, and you can see how it pains Hugh Freeze to try to slow things down. And, I mean, yeah. it's not working. So you either I, – I feel like you either do one of two things. As you were saying, hey, just go heavy, going to try to, you know, duplicate or come as close to you could, as you can to what Auburn did down the stretch last year, or you just go ahead. One of the things he was talking about is, oh, how he can't wait to go up-tempo. Well, then just go for it. If you think you're better going up-tempo, go for it and see if you can score 30 points. You may give up 50. Didn't he, Dan, didn't you say he lost 66-31? To uh to Texas, he did in his first year at Ole Miss. I think fans would probably rather see you losing sixty six thirty one than forty eight eighteen or twenty seven to ten. I mean, yeah, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. But you know, I I think when he says, you know, I can't wait to go up tempo. I don't know if he's talking about maybe next year. Well, yeah, uh, when he has some more pieces around him. But you know, you do go up tempo. Well, if it's not working, then the defense is going to be out there even longer than what they've been out here lately, which it seems like they're on the field twenty four seven. 
Um, so yeah, it's kind of your, your danged if you're due and if you do and danged if you're don't, if you don't. Um, and at some point, you know, uh, you, you got to mix it up somehow. You, you got to try and, and do something to generate some positivity offensively because it's just, man, uh, the passing game's about as bad as I've seen. Not to, about as not, bad as I've seen, not so. to shift, not to shift blame away from from Peyton Thorne because I think he he deserves some of the struggles here but we, we were talking about I mean, we've talked about the receivers I think an under an under uh analyzed aspect of this is the struggles of Jarquez Hunter yeah Auburn's and, running game I mean you look Peyton Thorne is Auburn's leading rusher right now I yeah mean, I, I think Peyton Thorne's just a sneaky runner like I think he's just one of those guys but, that you don't you're like no he's not fast and then all of a sudden he's outrunning Georgia's players down the sidelines and you're like, wait a minute, you know, I may need to recalibrate. Um, but you know, it, it's I, I think the it's so hard to run the ball when everybody knows all you can do is run the ball. Like it, it's it's just a tough situation because you're you know it, it's you try to be as balanced as possible, right? You're never truly fifty fifty, but being balanced to me is making the defense pay for what they're in and using what they're doing against mm-hmm. them. Uh, that's where the RPO is so deadly. But when everybody knows all you can do is run the ball. You're going to hone in on the running back, and probably if one person's probably going to have success, it's probably going to be Peyton Thorne keeping the ball. So, uh, again, it's uh, it's getting to the point where your tendencies are so high, you're, you, have, you have no element of surprise at all. I will say, uh, one positive, though, Brian Batty looks mm-hmm. good, man. I, I don't know how much uh, how much He needs more touches. Yeah. yeah, he needs more. We, just, we were just talking about him. I said, we need to see more Jeremiah Cobb. We need to see more Brian Batty. Yeah. And if I, if I have to add to the – like. Again, not to be the show that tells the coaches who to play and who not to play, right? Because I do, I do tend to roll my eyes when I hear that. But in this case, uh, let's do exactly that. Because I'm thinking, Jake, and I, and I want your feedback on these ideas. I, I think Rivaldo would be playing receiver instead of tight end the rest of the season for me, especially with Frazier taking some steps forward and Mike O'Reilly showing flashes. I'd be, I'd be tempted to play Rivaldo at receiver. Of the outside receivers, Camden Brown, I think, has been the most promising. I'd be playing him more than anyone else outside of, of maybe Rivaldo and outside receiver. I like seeing a little more Caleb Burton. Uh, that, that, was a, that was a nice addition from Saturday. And I'd be tempted to play Batie and Cobb both more than Jarquez Hunter at the moment. Yeah, I mean, look, the coach's job, and, and Coach Freeze and them know this, uh, and, and you got to be kind of not equal with what you do, but smart with, with you know, kind of the way that the, the physical brand of football that, that Auburn's trying to play. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to put your best your players in the best position, and you got to get your best players out there. And I know that they do that. I mean, I, I tell you what, though, Dan, I, I'm sick of hearing this word about the outside receiver promising. I've been yeah. hearing how promising these guys are for what seems like ten. Now, those years. are broken promises. At some now. point. Yeah, at some point when one of these crossed. promises come true, I mean, goodness gracious. You know, I can I can go down the list of guys on the outside. I mean, at some point, a promise has got to be kept. I feel like, you know, it's, like it's a bunch of politicians just making promises Seth, that, that don't pan out. Seth Williams was the last Auburn outside receiver to make good on, on, uh, on some of his promises. Yeah, and guess what? You love them for it, right? You love them. Man, I miss – you know, and this is not a big knock on Seth, but you know it's bad when you're just begging for Seth Williams to come back. Like, that's, that's the, the, the highest level. Not that he wasn't a really good player. He was. But you'd think there'd be more than one, and it wouldn't be that long ago. It just it, it shocks me, man. Well, Joni Mitchell, right? You didn't realize what you had in uh, Seth, Seth Williams. Uh, I think there are some fans who didn't realize what they had in Bo Nix. We were just talking earlier. Yeah, the, I would love to see. 
Fans that just assumed right. that uh, every running back is oh, going to be Tank oh, the, Bixby. Yeah, well, the fans the fans that said anybody but Bo Nix would be doing better in the Auburn offense are all in the witness protection program. Now, nobody is confessing oh, that they yeah, were talking like that exactly after, right. after two years. They're just looking outside. And, and, yeah. for, and, and you know what, Jake? Bill just, yeah, Bill just made the point. I think we, we were maybe guilty of assuming Auburn wouldn't miss Tank Bigsby as much as maybe they miss Tank Bigsby because of because of what he brought to that backfield. Well, yeah, but, I mean, I don't know, like, again. It's, it might, not, it might not be because of the running backs. Like, it just – I don't think it's the running game. Like, that's the only thing that's, that's – would Tank Bigsby may have broken off a couple more runs? Yeah. Well, would he have gotten a couple, you know, more six-yard gains out of what should have been two-yard gains or, or maybe no gain? Yeah. But, like, I don't think that would be some huge – Addition, if I was drafting for Auburn's offense right now, you'd have to take a quarterback overall number one. Oh, yes. And then it'd be nothing but wide receivers. <laughs> I mean, again, it's it's that's just where Auburn's not very good right now. Yeah, okay, so this week, <laughs> here comes Ole Miss. And, and yes, they're, they're not as talented as LSU defensively. They played about as yeah. well or better than LSU defensively. But, man, offensively, they they're gonna step it up a pace as far step it up as far as pace is concerned. They really like to go quick. Yeah, and you know Auburn, you, you hope to get some of those injured guys back. You, you already don't have a ton of depth. Uh, it's, it's tough for you to get a pass rush. I do think that they can go to work a little bit against this Ole Miss offensive line that hasn't been as good as what I thought they mm-hmm. were going to be. I know they've been uh, through some turmoil over there in that position room. But listen, it, it's a home game at Auburn, right? So it's. You, you, you expect it to be close. You expect Auburn to be in it. Um, and, and, look, as crazy as it sounds, Auburn's due for a good game offensively. Like, sometimes you're just due for one. Now, what, will it come against Ole Miss? I'm not sure. Uh, I, wouldn't ex- I wouldn't be shocked if Auburn made a special teams play. This one's going to be tight just because it's at home. And, and it's one, honestly, if, if you want to be able to, to get some momentum down here in the stretch, one you probably need to win. And, and I know that's asking a lot with where Ole Miss is and where Auburn is. And, look, it's an emotional game for Hugh Freeze, right? Like, it's there's some uh, there, there, there's a little bit of extra umph there. It's I guess gonna, we it's gonna so sound, I expect it to be close. Jake, it's going to sound like sour grapes from people who wanted uh, Lane Kiffin to be the coach at Auburn. Uh, but it, it was pointed out to me, Lane Kiffin has a habit of losing games like the game he's about to coach on Saturday. You know, when he, t- he brings a slightly Good. better team – Slightly better team on the road. Uh, that's that's blown up in his face at Ole Miss and at USC a couple of times. Listen, Auburn Auburn got the right guy. I, I think we're gonna, and I know it's tough right now for Auburn fans. I know it's tough. Hell, I'm one of them. I you know is uh, we we all want Auburn to win. We we all want it to be turned around unbelievably fast and and be back in the thick of it with Alabama and Georgia and LSU and and but it's just it this one's gonna take a, li- a little bit of time. And I know people don't want to hear that. But Hugh Freeze, I'm telling you, you give this man three years, and I think they're going to be a lot better next year. I expect some moves to be made personnel-wise. Hugh Freeze isn't dealing with this for another year. Uh, I think Auburn fans will be very, very happy with the head coach they got uh, here over the next two to three years. It's, look, sometimes you got to go through choppy waters to get to the smooth ones, man, and, and that's just part of it right now. Hey, I've got to ask you something that, that I've had – people either asking me or telling me, and that is they are so, so concerned with all the emphasis that's been placed on recruiting that the performance last week or uh, more losses is going to completely destroy this recruiting class. I've been trying to calm them down. I'd love your thoughts. 
Well, uh, listen, re- recruiting's a fickle thing anyway. I mean, it's it's n- nobody's in the boat till they sign that dotted line. Uh, I, I will say this. I think that there's, there's a part of that that's kind of misconstrued. You know, Auburn, with, with the environment and the atmosphere they have and the tradition that they have, it hasn't been so long that Auburn hasn't won where kids have forgotten. It's not Nebraska where people have forgotten when they were dominating. These kids know how big of a brand and how successful Auburn can be. That half of, uh, Most of them love Cam Newton, right? So that's what, another reason Cam Newton's so huge to Auburn. But one aspect of this is they can go to a big-time place, get NIL money, have a chance to go to the NFL and play early. Sometimes that can be an advantage for you. And now with the transfer portal, where you can kind of, of supplement holes in the boat with guys from the transfer portal, I, I would tell fans that I'd be very cautious before you instantly equate losses with losing recruits. Yes, yeah, some recruits you'll lose because they were front runners about Auburn anyway, but you didn't want those guys. At the end of the day, it's the guys that want to come in and play early, the guys that can come in and play early, and it's, it's, it's showing up and the guys playing hard and, and putting a, a somewhat organized-looking product on the field. I know one's super organized against LSU, but I would not be panicking about Auburn recruiting. Right? Trust me, there's one that's coming that a lot of people wrote off a long time ago that's going to make Auburn fans pretty happy here soon. There's, um, I think it was, uh, was it you? Maybe I overheard Bill uh, pointing out. I mean, we've talked about Miami and Oklahoma. Uh, Florida's probably another one. Like there mm-hmm. were three, there were three five and seven schools with first year head coaches that finished in the top ten to fifteen. Ten to fifteen in recruiting, in recruiting last, last year, year in yes. Miami, Oklahoma, yeah, and like Florida. Florida. Like it's it's not. Yep. I, I mean, I think that it's a it's a worthy concern. Uh, but I think that the great recruiters can sell this despite in their first year. In, in their first year, the results not, yeah. not being. Yeah, well, I mean, I, and and Auburn sells itself. You know, you're not selling a, a beat down Cadillac. I mean, you're you're selling the the, the top of the top. So. You're selling a Cadillac, but you not, are, not, not yeah. a beaten up one. No, like, like well, you know, one, one of those, not an old Cutlass or anything like that. You know, I've, I've got a lot of respect for the old school vehicle, but you're, you're, you're selling a great product, and, and Auburn sells itself. And again, Auburn's one of those places where all it takes is a spark to start a wildfire, and it's coming. Jake, quickly, uh, Tennessee, any shot in Tuscaloosa? I mean, I guess you always got a shot, especially with this up and down Bama's been. But I just don't. I don't trust Joe Milton. No. You know, people looked at me like I. You know, you had a bunch of people talking about him being SEC Player of the Year and stuff in the preseason because he hit a golf cart at Manning Passing Academy from like 80 yards away. Well, that's not playing quarterback. If that was the case, everybody on the long long drive tour would be in the PGA tour. That's not how it works. So I just don't think Tennessee can score enough because they'll be able to run the ball a little bit like they did against A and M. Uh, but it's on the road, and Joe Milton, he just can't make the routine throws routine. I don't see him being able to put enough balls in the end zone. And how critical is the loss of Brock Bowers to Georgia? Oh, man. Again, you take the best player off any team, it's going to hurt him. But this is a Georgia team that we all know Brock Bowers was the best player, and that's not only catching passes. It's not only blocking. He's a great decoy as well. And it's not like you're taking him off a team that has a bunch of experienced talent. He was kind of the, the old head or the, the guy who has made some of the big plays in big moments that was a leader on that team on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's going to hurt him, man. They got to go to Tennessee like this. They got to go, they play Georgia or play Florida, who's, you know, Graham Mertz has shocked me this year in the, nope. in the world's largest cocktail party. Uh, but no, man, it's, uh, it hurts bad. It hurts real bad. I hate it for Brock. Great stuff, Jake. Uh, let everybody know what you got coming up and how they can get it. Yeah, really easy. Uh, you go to Crane and Company, 
Um, C-R-A-I-N and company on YouTube. It's the easiest way to find us. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff as well. We do a live show 6 to 8.30 uh, 6 30 to 8 in the morning uh, Central. Come check us out. It stays on there forever, and, and uh, really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Uh, appreciate it once again. Have a great rest of the week. We'll talk to you again next week. Sounds good, brother. Jake Crane joining us as he does on Tuesdays. We've got to get to our final break. Back to wrap it up here on the Tuesday Drive.